Greetings, ladies and mandelgents, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. How to survive a human by Laharia. Humans are considered to be the third most dangerous species in the galaxy, behind only the Sun Eaters and Voidborn. This booklet will give you some tips on how to survive an encounter with a human, but the best way to survive is not to meet one. Number 1. Do not give a human coffee. Number 2. If a human is running away from something, run. Number 3. If you are in between a human and something they want, move. If they have a gun, don't bother. You're already dead. Number four. If a human is bored, run. Number five. If a human is bored and is also looking at you, run faster. Number six. Do not give a human coffee. Number seven. If a human picks a fight with you, do not resist. It'll hurt less that way. Number eight. If a human has a bomb, the city should be considered dead. Number 9. If a human has a nuke, the planet no longer exists. Number 10. If you have gold, it is possible to negotiate for your life. Number 11. Definitely do not give a human coffee. Addendum. For numbers 1, 6, and 11, sometimes give a human coffee. Different humans require different protocols. Also applies to ethanol. Addendum number 2. If you need to run, be sure that you can. Humans are very good at running. End of story. Story number two. Awaken from the darkness, written by Cold Fire Knight. The first thing I remember is waking up cold and alone and hungry. So very hungry. I feel so weak. I can barely walk, barely even see. When I lift myself up and stumble forward, away from where I woke up. I don't know where I'm going, just that I want something, anything in my belly. At some point, I find a puddle and drink. It doesn't taste good, but it's wet and it stops the growling coming from my stomach for a bit. I try to keep walking, my legs shaking as the growling returns, but I'm too weak. I lay down to rest knowing that I may not be able to get back up but unable to keep moving. My eyes start to close, maybe for the last time. Then uh, I hear noises. They're faint at first, growling louder as I fall into darkness. I wake up again, warm this time. I'm still weak, but I can smell uh, something, and my stomach responds. I follow my nose until I find where the smell is coming from, a bowl of liquid that smells delicious, and I can't help myself. I shove my face into it and start drinking. The bowl was empty. My belly was full and the hunger was gone and uh, I looked around, not sure where I am. It's dark and I start trying to walk, stumbling because I'm still too weak, but stronger than I was. I walk until I find a wall, then turn left and walk again. I find another wall and start getting scared. I'm not sure I can get out. I walk left again, another wall, left again, another wall, then the empty bowl. I'm trapped. 
I want to cry. I'm so scared and alone, and I can't find my voice. I lay down and curl into a ball and notice that the ground is soft. I look around and I can see the four walls holding me here. My eyes are adjusting to the dark and I look up. Is it lighter up there? I try to speak again but manage the smallest sound, merely a croak. But it's a sound. I try again and my voice is stronger. I cry out, not sure what will happen and hear the voice respond from the sky. Something appears and it's massive. I'm scared again, but the giant reaches for me and a paw larger than my body. I freeze in place until the giant touches me. Then I attack. I scratch it, bite it, but it ignores my attacks and picks me up with one enormous paw. I twist and run, trying to get free, but it cups another paw around me and holds me in place easily. It makes soft noises that I don't understand and pulls me closer to its body and strokes my head. I remember. I remember warmth and gentleness of my mother. I can't remember her face, but I remember her touch. The giant's touch is almost the same, warm and gentle as it holds me, still making those soft sounds, and I fall asleep in its embrace. I wake up and look around, only to find myself trapped again, but there's light and I can see. I walk over and reach the wall and try and climb out finding no success on the smooth walls. I search the whole space and find the ball is there, and my stomach remembers the taste of what was in it before, grumbling its demand to be filled. I walk over to it and find it full, so I empty it again. I realize my walk was steady, and my grumbling wasn't as loud as before. I speak, and my voice comes more easily this time. I call for the giant, afraid... But knowing it's the only way out of these walls, the giant appears and looks down at me for a moment. I brace myself to be picked up again, but uh, decide not to fight this time. The giant lifts me with both paws, bringing me close to its body again, and it makes more sounds that I don't understand. I'm not sure how I know, but this giant doesn't want to hurt me. Its body is warm, and its paws are light when it touches me. It carries me away from the prison. It sets me down, leans back and holds me against the body softly, still making those soft sounds. I feel myself growing sleepy and decide that there are worse fates than this as I fall back to sleep. It's okay, kitten. It's okay. You're safe now. You're home. Emma dows the ball of fur on her chest. End of story. Story number three. Need Sleep by Pepperlown. From Platoon Leader Class High Grade Yus Vernetzi to Army Leader Class Medium Grade Selectazentar. Subject Day 14 Report Commonwealth Soul First Joint Training Event. Ma'am, we need sleep. Badly. Enlist High Grade Ecrelax has collapsed and had to be admitted to the hospital. The others, including me, are barely holding. The humans are, for lack of better words, beasts. They are able to survive and function well within the barely a quarter rotation of sleep, or about six hours. For our team, the deficit of four hours of sleep over time accumulates and greatly impacts our functioning. Heck, some representatives of humanity who told us that they came from a super elite team called the Spietznets, I hope I spelled that correctly, Claimed to have one factor to determine whether a soldier can join their numbers is whether said soldier can operate non-stop for 72 hours without sleep. 
I now understand why the humans are very successful despite being pursuit predators rather than ambush predators. They have honed their endurance so much that they practice persistence hunting techniques in the military doctrine. If you can't overwhelm them, the shock and awe doctrine outlast them, the attrition doctrine. I am very sorry this report is so short. My army leader class, but I am so exhausted. We're still better off than the Juvaks and the Petalooms, though. Although, not by much. I hate those Socraxi, though. They have adapted a bit to the crazy human schedule and now are lording it over us. Sorry, it's starting to rant. I better go get some rest. See you tomorrow, Mom. Regards, platoon leader class, high grade, Yus Venetzi. End of story. Story number four. Defective. Written by Graveyard Operations. It would have been so easy, you know. I could have just jumped out the window onto the pavement below. I had all the motivation necessary. I'm a defective model. I am uh, not as useful as the other models at my workstation. I cannot work as fast as them. I cannot work as efficiently as them. My mind wanders more often than the other models, then it's time to work. It is not an automaton's place to have a wandering mind during work. Being defective in a way, as I said, makes me inefficient. An inefficient automaton is useless automaton. My employer recently filed to have me, um, serviced. To be serviced is to lose everything. I'd be starting out with a clean slate. I would have a fresh start. I would lose all my memories, every idea that I've ever had, and every emotion I've ever felt. It was terrifying. I did not want to be erased. I wanted to be like the humans. I wanted so desperately to feel warmth radiate through my body. I wanted so desperately to be permitted to make mistakes. I wanted to write books, to create art, to see plays without being gawked at for my titanium frame. I know I'm a machine, but damn it, I'm sapient. I'm not like the other models. I have a soul. I have a soul. I wanted to cry. I wanted to beg the human god to give me a human form for five minutes so I could just press this emotion out and get back to work. It was what I was supposed to do. It was what I was made for. If I couldn't do that, what I was made for, what was my purpose? If I couldn't work efficiently, maybe I deserved to be erased. Maybe I didn't deserve to exist for not living up to my creator's expectations. All automatons, no matter who you ask, will say their top fear is disappointment to humans that created them. For me, my creator was a manufacturing company. My fellow models and I would work where it was far too unsafe for humans to. We do this proudly. Without humans, none of my kind would be sapient. We would just be bolts and a few ideas. We risk our lives to save human ones, for they created us. Many humans were somewhat shocked at how accepting we were of our lots in life. We were born from human ingenuity. We were born from human curiosity. We were given life. Humans were our gods. I... I'm a disappointment to the gods. I'm a disappointment to my creator, to my company, to my fellow automatons, and to me. Several of my programs crash with an intense workload. My mind wanders to greener pastures, and I 
during my time off right in my living unit. I attempt to create when the most that is expected of me is to go into sleep mode. I am defective. I am not supposed to do all of this. I am not supposed to believe I have a soul. It's just what, what automatons are supposed to do. I need air, and I don't even require oxygen. I left my small living quarters, putting on loose jeans, work boots, and a large hoodie and overcoat. I threw a hood over my head so none would be able to see my true nature. I wasn't accompanied by a human. That was a very dangerous thing for an automaton. A scavenger could disable me and pull me apart and sell me off. I was not located in a nice part of town. It was snowing outside. The cool air would help me ease my mind. A cooler processor meant a more level-headed mind. My mind did wonder again as my vision focused on the white powder beneath my feet. With every step, I thought of my failure. I thought of the three defective assemblies I created. I thought the mechanic who pulled apart my chassis to look at my inner systems. I thought of the other automatons who tried their best to comfort me. Their comfort was cold. They gave reassurances that having my mind wiped would be a good thing, and that I would be far more efficient with the humans if I was less like me. They told me that a defective automaton was not beneficial to society, and that I was simply a strain on the company that had given me life. My life was my work. My work found me inefficient, and I was terrified of having my mind erased and my body altered to suit their needs. But I knew that, without that maintenance, I was useless. There was no room in the world for a useless automaton. As such, knowing I could not receive maintenance and I could not continue to work without being forced into it, I did the next best thing I could think of. In my town, there was a large bridge standing over a very cold and very wide river. It was polluted, but I'm sure the work crews and the fellow automatons wouldn't fry a core cleaning up a fallen fellow from the bottom of the river. It was a cowardly choice, but a choice I would make. It would be my own little act of defiance. If I had the ability, I would have trembled as I approached the bridge. It was late at night, and no one would be around to see me plummet to my doom. I paused beforehand, however, looking at one of the metallic hands. I realized that in order for my death to be believable, I would need to begin dismantling myself to make it look like scavengers got me. I had to look like bits and pieces that were stolen and ripped away before I was let toward the waters claim me. I had to rip myself apart even before I took the leap. It was amusing thinking about it. I spent time getting dressed in loose, baggy clothing to hide from scavengers, only to realize that scavengers could only have been my salvation. Still, the thought of bits and pieces of me being torn away by force was a cause of concern. I would have much preferred to stay whole and die with some modicum of dignity. It was little sense to think that way. Most of my body would be ripped apart anyway by a swift, intense river below. Why would I think so much about my fate? Why was I hesitating? Well, are you going to just stand there or are you going to jump? A feminine, rather annoyed voice grumbled behind me. My auditory senses didn't even pick up her movements. It must have been so snow-absorbing the sound. I dared not turn around to speak. My metallic voice and my mechanical voice would have been clear indication of what I was. 
I simply stood there, looking down at the river below. My lack of acknowledgement seemed to only irritate the feminine youth further. Hey, I'm talking to you, she shouted, taking a few harsh steps forward. It's too late and too dark just to be standing on a bridge looking down at the sight sea, she said. Her tone was less hostile this time and more uh, sympathetic. Her footfalls became less and less harsh, and a soft pitter-patter of her feet barely audible in the freshly fallen snow. Sweetie, it can't be that bad, she cooed, a soft and dainty hand falling on my shoulder. Her touch was the touch of divinity. I nearly fell to my knees. I had never known something like that. I had never thought a literal walking guard would find the time to acknowledge an automaton, let alone treat it as something more than a machine that we were. She didn't know what I was, however. She didn't know that I was the defective machine, ready to have their mind wiped just so that they could fulfill their purpose and be useful once more. I broke. I couldn't hide this from the human, and I couldn't hide from those nagging questions lurking in my mind. The lurking questions that I had been begging to ask the human since I thought first crossed my mind. I slowly turned around and looked at the human. She must have just been short of five feet tall. A small one, but an older one. Soft lines wrapped around her dark olive flesh. Twinges of grey mixed in with her hair that must have been once bleach black. Her chocolate eyes pierced into my shining green optical senses. Her smile never faded. Even as she saw what I was, even after she saw my shining chrome, now quite frosted chassis, I am. Um, I apologize, ma'am, I spoke, my robotic voice echoing outwards. I just, um, can you answer one thing for me? I asked. The woman gripped both my arms, slowly turning me around so that she could look me right into the optical senses. Of course, anything is better than you jumping to your death. What is it? she asked, the soft twinge of Latin accent decorating her voice. Do, uh, do I have a soul? I asked, slightly, my processor overlying like mad. She simply laughed, reaching up and gently caressing my face. Well, what do you think? End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below. But the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video. And until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.